hey, we're black. I mean, we're back. First Corinthians chapter two, amplified version. Paul's reliance upon the spirit. Let's do this. And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming to you the testimony of God concerning salvation through Christ, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, no lofty words of eloquence or of philosophy as a Greek orator might do. For I made the decision to know nothing, that is, to forego philosophical or theological discussions regarding inconsequential things and opinions while among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified and the meaning of his redemptive substitutionary death and his resurrection. For someone who says they're not eloquent, Paul was very eloquent in his speech. He used a lot of big words that I wouldn't use. I'll be very simple, but hey, y'all want to enjoy God's favor? Then follow Jesus. <laughs> stop lying, stop cheating, stop fornicating. And the only way to be able to stop those things is just to ask for God's help through the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you haven't been baptized, you need to get baptized. If you've not received the gift of the Holy Spirit in tongues, uh, yeah, go and receive that too. Uh, refreshments in the back. All right, let's go save some more souls. Simple as that. Break. <laughs> like, but Paul, he be going, he be going deep. And usually, yeah. Like, if if it was me writing the Gospels, it'd be like one one chapter. <laughs> hey, Jesus died on the cross. It was it was an amazing thing. Uh yeah. He's these are the amazing things that he said. He told us how to live. He showed us how to live. Now let's go, let's go live like he did. What would Jesus do? Let's get some WWJD wristbands, some t-shirts, and let's go tell some other people about it. Let's cast some demons out. Paul, yeah. This dude, he like it cracks me up that he would say. Look, he said, I made the decision to know nothing, that is, to forego philosophical or theological discussions regarding inconsequential things and opinions while among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified and the meaning of his redemptive, redemptive substitutionary death and his resurrection. I'm sorry, Paul, but if that's the case, then why is you got so many books? You got Romans, you got First Corinthians, Second Corinthians. Uh, with some other stuff, and then he writes Thessalonians. Yeah, he wrote all that. He was yeah, he had a lot of words. All right, let's go. But this, he was led by the power of the Holy Spirit that gave him these words to say. So, hey, at least this chapter is only in sixteen verses. Let's go. I came to you in a state of weakness and fear and great trembling. I can relate to that. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom using clever rhetoric, but they were delivered in demonstration of the Holy Spirit operating through me and of his power stirring the minds of the listeners and persuading them so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom and rhetoric of men, but on the power of God. That's so important because it's so easy for people when they first get saved like you can quickly learn how much somebody's salvation or not say their relationship with Jesus Christ is based on the church that they got saved at. Because when there is a scandal or when the pastor steps down or 
you name it, there's a shake up at that church, then their faith is shaken and then all of a sudden they're completely not even following Jesus anymore. And it's like, was your salvation and your relationship with Jesus based on a man who preached like a lot of good sermons that brought you to Christ or is it based on Jesus Christ? And that's so important because it's so easy to follow a man rather than follow Jesus. Great if you have a you hear a great message, great, awesome. I, I, we need more solid pastors, but we should never just. Follow. I actually prefer the pastors that don't have the eloquent speech, that don't <laughs> have all the big SAT. I love the pastors that be like screwing up words, that be stumbling over words sometimes. Um, that aren't that don't haven't been to seminary. All they did was just, yeah, they went through the the seminary of hard knocks in life. Yeah, I want to hear from them. They usually, yeah, I prefer those kind of pastors because it, to me it's like, what can they boast in? Like it has to be the power of the Holy Spirit operating in them, not, yeah. I receive better from those type of pastors than than the polished ones. Um, verse six, yet we do speak wisdom among those spiritually mature believers who have teachable hearts and a greater understanding, but it is a higher, yeah, apparently D.L. Moody was like that. He didn't have any like degrees or anything like that. Now there's like a whole thing, Moody Bible Institute University or something like the seminary. Yet we do speak wisdom among those spiritually mature believers who have teachable hearts and a greater understanding, but it is a higher wisdom, not the wisdom of this present age, nor are the rulers and leaders of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the wisdom once hidden from man, but now revealed to us by God, that wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, to lift us into the glory of his presence." None of the rulers of this age recognized and understood this wisdom, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written in Scripture, things which the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, who obey him, and who gratefully recognize the benefits that he has bestowed. Verse 10, for God has unveiled them and revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things diligently, even sounding and measuring the profound depths of God, the divine counsels and things far beyond human understanding. For what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except the man's spirit within him? So also no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. We also speak of these things, not in words taught or supplied by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual thoughts 
with spiritual words for those being guarded by the Holy Spirit. But the natural unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness, absurd, illogical to him, and he is incapable of understanding them because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated, and he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. For who has known the mind and purpose of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. It's pretty straightforward, y'all. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.